Do you pride yourself on finding the best deals and savings? Yes, it's me. I'm raising my hand. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop. Get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every single category, including fashion, beauty, home essentials, travel, dining, and so much more. Shop brands like Macy's, Adidas, YSL Beauty, Samsung Petco, just to name a few. Plus, membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Cashback rates change daily. Here's how it works. Stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and then Rakuten shares a commission with its members via check or PayPal quarterly. And you better believe how exciting it is when your PayPal alerts you that you've gotten money. It's no wonder Rakuten has 17 million members who are already saving. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com. Or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cashback really adds up. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Hello and welcome. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> this, is, this is take two as I just hurled the microphone onto the floor, and I know you guys are tired of hearing that happen every single time we record. We are. Well, we're tired. I am. Yeah, and Christine's it's, not, apparently. It's never going to end. Um, um, welcome. I made a mistake in the last episode. I kept calling it December 8th when it came out. I looked at my calendar. I was wrong. This one's December 8th. I wasn't surprised. I don't care. I mean, like, I care, but I'm I'm not going to try and fix it because you guys know me and you know that this is not a surprise. Right. Um. So I'm sorry. This one comes out December 8th. Allegedly. One, alleg- we'll, fi- we'll, we'll find, find out. out. Um. Happy maybe December 8th. Yes. For the second time on our end. <laughs> How are you? I'm fine. Great. If so, what we should have said in the last episode was this comes out the same day as a listener's episode. So you get two episodes in one. That's right. We also should have told you that tomorrow is the release of tickets, which we didn't tell you. Yikes. And now, now, now it's, it's too actu- late. Now they're actually out. <laughs> Sorry. Well, yeah. So if you were a pay, okay, it doesn't even matter telling you now because tickets are out go look and that's why we drink.com slash live yeah hopefully there's still tickets there um sorry about that everybody i know that was probably like (laughs) frustrating i know people get like really antsy like do they know like that they're wrong which usually later we don't know clearly (laughs) because we're just oblivious but we find out later so um i apologize about that we found out after the fact i don't really know how to fix it uh oh well that's what you signed up for just apologize profusely next time like 150 episodes ago you signed up for this so yeah getting there getting is this 149 this is 149 wow 49 that's my lucky number um uh, next week will be 150 that's, i know it seems like it seems like a milestone right i feel like that's a milestone i don't know if what exactly but that's i something. don't know how we'll celebrate considering it might not even be like december 15th we don't even know what day it comes out <laughs> but uh thank you for listening to all of these episodes if you listened in order and yes. if you are starting backwards and this is your first episode just stop now just what are you doing also i am very um very excited or i, I don't know honored I, a lot of people i've noticed are like in people wait uh, blah, blah, blah. 
let me start over. Okay. English is my first language. You can language. do it. Um, when people start listening, it tends to go in waves. Like, do you notice that? Like, oh, me, yeah. I think it was like after our case file ad, we got a lot of new listeners and that kind of thing. Um, and so a lot of you are now catching up. Like this week, I've noticed a ton of people are catching up to this, uh, this point. current episodes. And so I'm just very like, oh, thankful. Thank you guys. We got a whole new generation of you. I know. There's like a lot of new people and I'm really excited. And there's obviously the OGs um, who are. May or may not still be here. In our hearts. Right. (laughs) In our hearts, whether or not they're, we're in theirs. But um, so thanks to everybody who's been listening and. um, Tell a friend about us so we can get another generation going. Yeah. It's kind of exciting. A lot of new people on the um, Twitter asking me what those noises are in the background of episode 60. So that's really fun. They've caught up at least to the whale sounds. At least halfway. No, not even. Um, math is not my strong suit. Math is also not a language that I'm good at. Oh, well. <sighs> Moving on. Let's just move on. Uh, we're having a nice day. How are you? We'll give you a second. Great. I like to think you just cut them off in the middle of, well, you know what? I had a pretty rough morning. <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> Great, to pull like, good the, for you. the door of the Explorer thing. Um, <laughs> where's my Backpack. <laughs> And then your backpack just starts screaming at you in song. <laughs> oh, my God. What kind of back, Dora back, the Explorer back, did back. you watch? It was, that was exactly what happened. Oh, well, uh, yeah, we just had some meetings and we're, um, we had some lunch together in we Hollywood. Have, we, that sounds a lot cooler than it actually it's is. It's not. There was a, a really um, dirty Elmo walking around the streets. It, it, for people who don't live in L.A., when you hear that like we're hanging out in Hollywood, it sounds glamorous. What you're thinking of is Beverly, Beverly Hills. Hills. Hollywood is like our version of Times Square yes. where it's just everything is like grimy and there's potholes and it smells People gross. People are trying to and shove flyers in your face to do tours. There's just like bubblegum shrimp everywhere. Like it's like very touristy. <laughs> Not Every- the restaurant. There's literally shrimp everywhere. All <laughs> it smells like it at least. Uh, yeah, it does. Uh, but so <laughs> when we said we went to lunch in Hollywood, it sounds a lot fancier yeah, than it actually We were was. just happened to be in the neighborhood and it's like a pain in the ass to park there. And so every time my mom tells like her like her family like oh Christina lives in Hollywood I was like no that's not don't. it's also literally geographically not right neither of us live in Hollywood no we don't Hollywood is an actual city stupid me when I first moved here I didn't know Hollywood was a town it's not a town it's a neighborhood or a neighborhood I oh. didn't know it was like a physical place I thought it was like you didn't no I don't know why I thought like the Hollywood Walk of Fame and stuff i thought it was just like a label that you put on oh, places that were wow. celebrity specific oh no it's definitely a neighborhood i didn't know it was like an actual neighborhood so then when i heard that i was driving into hollywood i was like wow that's a place i'm very st- it's okay i learned <laughs> no you're not dumb at all um i know you were gonna say stupid but you're not that either um i avoided it but i did i was not aware that that was an actual place <sighs> so, yeah. and so neither of us actually live in hollywood we don't uh if you're trying to find us we're slowly uh cross someone off your list yeah yeah yeah. process of elimination i did follow em's car and i'm again i'm like i can't believe you put stickers all over your car basically screaming that it's your car yeah um, I, I keep th- saying i'll take it down and then i don't also i don't know if you know this i was going to tell you before we recorded but too late um your registration is two years almost two years expired so be careful cause why would you say that on air for me to trouble. now get arrested you're not gonna get well, who's gonna arrest you you're not gonna get arrested i'm just saying maybe put the new sticker on yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> i just am looking out because i know that's an expensive ticket i know i know it is and okay. i okay before anyone starts tweeting i already know don't tweet me about no, that they, I know. everybody's done that i've done that and i didn't realize it and i got pulled over and they were like you gotta fucking put that on yeah i know so i'm just looking out i know i know I everyone's know, I know. done it don't worry i know i know. I, know. I mean actually mine's probably expired too now that i think about it <laughs> i should go look <laughs> uh what else 
that's all that's all goodbye we, goodbye we have a lot of stuff coming up we're excited tours coming up having a lot of fun meetings at, meeting new people and yeah i feel like we're saying meetings a lot and you guys don't know what those meetings oh, are right but you also don't need to know yet we will tell you when the time is right. yes it's exciting but it's not like you know life shattering. like nothing the podcast is not changing there's not anything. an exclusive it's just like yeah. We're just trying to like. Eventually, you start having meetings if you do this long enough. Yeah. Somehow, if you live in in Hollywood, quote unquote, <laughs> um, people just want to have meetings all the time. But it's fine because usually they have like um, Lacroix or uh, you know popcorn or. Something. Yes, I had a nice hot tea today. Yeah. Um. Other than that, I had a fried chicken sandwich today. That was mm, pretty good. That did look good. Um. Uh, and that's I had a all breakfast that's happened burrito. Today. I'm wearing jeans. Me too. I never wear jeans. I never wear jeans anymore. I don't know if it's like me trying to like it was our meeting we probably tried to look we tried to look nice so we dressed in jeans and now i'm sitting here in my jeans in my house i'm like i really could have put on yoga pants or sweatpants but 90 percent of the time i'm wearing joggers yeah so or like gym shorts yeah so jeans is like a a real upgrade for me i hope everyone's enjoying this feeling good on my belly sitting like this wow well well get ready you and your belly for the story my belly is ready Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes, to toys, to vibrators, to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast-branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink so i brought this up last time but 
Um, I'm now trying to prioritize um, close friends on Instagram. If you're uh, if you donate to our Patreon, then you get added into our close friends list. Mm-hmm. Um, and people have been suggesting stories, so I've been trying to use people's suggestions before looking at my own stories. Um, this is another suggestion from I guess now last week. So the first time I asked for suggestions, this came from that batch. And we still don't know who it is. We still don't know who it is because I didn't. <laughs> I tried to look it up and 24 hours had passed. So yeah. the post went away. Um, Whoops. But this is a Canadian story. So oh, you guys yay. knew exactly how to how get, to get to me. your heart. Uh, I really, really, really told myself I would go on Google and hear the pronunciation of this before I got here. And I didn't do it. The pronunciation. Pronunciation. Um. But this is uh, a a creature, a cryptid, if you will. Oh, okay. A Canadian cryptid, which is what you call me, right? The what Canadian cryptid, yes. There, you'll that fi- is what I called you. We'll also post that picture. In, uh, Vancouver. Here is that picture. Oh, on here. Yes, yeah, sorry. I was like, we did post it on Instagram. But yes, yeah. we'll post it here too. Uh, that's me as kind of Sasquatch, but Canadian. Yeah. Um, that was an actual like real life capture i didn't photoshop that one no and i didn't even know that's what christine was going to do with that picture it just really looks like it was just like perfect giggling for about 45 minutes (laughs) and and was like what and i was like nothing so this is the story of the ogopogo 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 don't look at me ogopogo o-g-o-p-o-g-o um and it is in lake this is the thing i wanted to learn to pronounce oh it looks like okanagan to me Oh, I did, was not even going to go that route. I was going to call it Okanagan. It could be that, too. Lake Okanagan? O- Okanagan? That sounds like a lake. We're going to call it Lake O. Lake O. Okay. Uh, so... What did you say last week? Yucko. Yucko. <laughs> uh, and then Agapogo, Ogopogo. Um, I think it's Agapogo. Apparently, its nickname is also Augie. Oh, that's cute. So we're going to call it Augie and Lake O, because I should have done my research and I was negligent. So, um, Great. Lake O is in British Columbia that I can pronounce and British Columbia. Oh, it's an 84 mile long lake. Fun fact. And the creature itself, Augie is described often as a 15 to 40 foot long, depending on the person, 15 to 40 feet long, um, creature with a head that is similar to either a snake horse or goat okay wide range there i mean we had the cat for the pretzel worm so like that's true at least these are kind of sort of similar right 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 in a way so most people say like a horse head that's like a giant snake with a horse head this really sounds like the pretzel worm again yeah it's just the water version i think i see okay uh apparently augie has several humps on its back um and augie sometimes has long ears or horns on the side of its face and augie is also either dark blue or dark brown Hmm. is the skin color so the lake has been searched several times for this creature especially in 1991 there was actually a full-blown expedition with high-tech devices even like a mini submarine went down there and went as far down as i think over 800 feet deep into the water did you do a metric for all our canadian listeners no okay just checking (laughs) sorry again i'm american and negligent 840 feet i'm sure is a a different number in the metric system okay there was no evidence, though, when they did this. I think this. you just divide it by three to get meters, but I don't know. I still can't really do that, so go ahead. Is that true? Well, three feet are... It's about three feet in a meter. I thought three feet was a yard. Same. They're, like, really similar. Oh, okay. 
I say it with I'm such, a dumb American. such confidence. Uh, you're probably right. I'm probably not. So the monster uh, is known as Augie, but was actually probably most likely inspired by um, a creature from native folklore called the Nahahatic. Nahahatic? It's N apostrophe H A A T I K. That looks right. Um, apparently the, that name translates to spirit in the lake or beast in the lake. And sometimes it has now also been translated into snake in the lake, which sounds Ah, like a fun little game to me. The lake snake. Snake in the lake. Um, apparently it is most likely that creature that has now been inspired or embellished into Augie because they have similar looks and they live in the same water. Uh, apparently Nahaatik was a malevolent serpent creature Uh in native folklore and would surface from the lake during storms. And when crossing the lake, they would actually, uh, the natives would bring an animal with them when they were crossing as a sacrifice. So it was common in this area that if you were crossing the lake, especially during a bad storm, you'd bring an animal to toss overboard to appease the monster. Don't do that. Um, so that was a regular thing just to keep, uh, Naha Atik at bay. Uh huh, sure. At bay. At bay. Okay. Snake in the lake. Snake in the lake at bay. Uh, apparently, this creature lived in a, in a cave at Squally Point, which is near Rattlesnake Island in this, uh, in this lake. And no natives would ever fish there because they're like, that's where this oh, creature wow. lives. And okay. it, since they thought it was malevolent and would hurt them, they didn't want to be yeah, near it. Yeah, of course. Um, they even actually convinced early European settlers to also fear the monster, and they had settlers also offering an animal whenever they would cross the water to appease the wow. monster. Wow. They even also, the settlers were armed and would patrol the shoreline because they were afraid of this monster. They'd been so scared into Damn. believing it. Some think that Augie was never actually, and by Augie I mean Naha Atik, but, you know. Current, inspired. current day. Current day. Augie. Uh, some think that the creature that the natives believed in was never actually a literal creature, but just a spirit that they prayed to. Mm-hmm. But there have been many, many reports of Augie um, up until even, I think, last September oh. were, were the most recent sightings. Um, and apparently he is referred to as a USO, which is an unidentified swimming object. Stop it. I never knew that was a thing. I love that. Anyway. USO. A USO. That's me sometimes when I'm swimming. Except unless you know when who are I am. you when are you swimming? Never. <laughs> the last time I actually went swimming was your your little pool that you did. That that, that thing where I flashed everyone on Facebook Live by accident. Yeah. You was. guys are missing out a lot on Facebook Live. You guys are missing out on Patreon. And by missing out I mean please you probably don't want to be a part of it. Also you're missing out if you go to if you don't go to live shows because Christine flashed everyone at a live show that too. That was a mistake. She I, didn't flash, she like sunnied everyone. Emma, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a mistake and poor Eva had to tell me later. The next day, just to make sure I didn't wear that same outfit again. You know what? Christine oh. is a blast and a glass on stage Damn and on Facebook it. Live. So get on that. If, she- can we just cut this out and make this an ad for uh, our show, <laughs> for our live show? You, oh, I guess you'd be boy. a UNO, Unidentified Naked Object. <laughs> Here's Ooh, a look honest. at this little puppy. Look how cute she is. Me, me, me. Okay. Look at the camera. <laughs> Yay. You're, free. You're scaring her. It's okay. She's a, a UFO, an Unidentified Furry Object. Oh, um, okay that's you too <laughs> i don't know okay so okay we're back local newspapers have documented uh sightings of the monster all the way since 1872 but there are legends even before that of sightings they just haven't been documented but they have been passed down 
Um, one of the first stories is that a settler named John Allison uh, moved to the area and would travel across the lake for supplies. And once during a terrible storm, he was unable to return home because he didn't want to get stuck on the lake. And his wife went out looking for him and she saw a large serpent creature moving through the water and then submerge and disappear entirely. Oh my, okay. Um, another early settler named John McDougall was swimming a team of horses across the lake. So he was in a canoe and then the, roses, the horses were tied off behind him and they were swimming while he was floating in the canoe across the lake. Interesting. And um, at one point, the something started pulling down the horses no. and both of them got pulled down. And so to save the canoe and him, he had to cut the ropes, but the horses never came back up. Oh, what the hell, Em? So that's another story. Why are you telling me that? Also in 1817, so that's a long ways away in my brain. Okay. There was... 200 years, yes. It's pretty far away. There was a... There's an affidavit from a ship captain um, who says... This is a quote from the affidavit. I, Solomon Allen II, dispose and say that I have seen a strange marine animal that I believe to be a sea serpent. I should judge him to be in length between 80 and 90 feet and about the size of half a barrel. I don't know what... What?! Half a barrel. Half a barrel? That's not very big either. Not that I know of, unless they have really big barrels back then. Perhaps. Apparently. Is, ha- it, is a metric bagel, or bagel, is a yeah. metric <laughs> barrel bigger than a... Maybe. Yeah, you just multiply by three or something. <laughs> okay, fair. Um, apparently having joints from his head to his tail, his head was formed uh, something like the head of a rattlesnake, but nearly as large as the head of a horse. So, oh, so combo. Combo deal. Would you rather have a snake head that's the size of a horse mm-hmm. or a horse head the size of a snake? Horse head the size of a snake. That's what I say, too. Yeah. Uh, Good question. When he moved on the surface of the water, his motion was slow, at times playing about in circles, and sometimes moving nearly straight forward. When he disappeared, he sunk apparently directly down and would appear at 200 yards from where he, disappe- from where he disappeared in two minutes. Whoa. So he just showed, like, I mean, that's quite a distance. Just showing off. His color was dark brown, and I did not see spots on him. Okay. Very important, apparently. It is important. I was, I was curious. We are going to, you know. I was like, but what about the spots? Because, you know, we got a lot of pretzel worm drawings, so we need a very clear understanding for the people. No spots. For the Inktobers who are doing Inksember. Inksember. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So also in 1900, there's an account of a woman named Ruth Richardson. And when she was 10 years old, uh, she says, all of a sudden I heard a swish of water and it drew my attention. Um, so I looked out on the water and here it was sitting up there as big as life. He stood about three feet out of the water. He was quite a way out in the water, but was still very much looking at me. I watched for quite a while and then he went down into the water, uh, and he rather backed down. So then I thought that was all of him and went on playing, but soon there comes another swish of water and he was much too close and he frightened me terribly. Later, other people around the landing saw the same kind of monster you can never get me out of the water in a boat for any money. Wow. Traumatized her. Yeah. And wow. she also said lots of people dispute this story, but I know what I saw and I'll swear to it. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Also, several people are saying it. And you're a 10 year old. It's not like people are going to believe you right away sure. if you say you saw that. And now adults are saying it too. But I love when people have those experiences as kids. And then like years later, they're like, no, I fucking saw that. And I know that it <laughs> yeah. wasn't my like imagination. Like, I'm not crazy. I know I'm pretty what, sure. I'm right. not. I know what my imaginary friend was and it was not that. Right. It's not a snake in the lake. A snake in the lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hasbro. Mattel. Hasbro. Uh, so <laughs> what? I was trying what to think of about? toy, toy companies. Oh, sure. For snake in the lake. Oh, sure. Um, so crap, crapted fans. 
cryptid fans. <laughs> yeah, things just derailed. Sorry. Sorry, I just, my brain just stopped working. Um, so cryptid fans and researchers from all over the world have come to look for Augie, and there have been multiple strong witness sightings. Some have even gone so far as to suggest that there are more credible sightings here than um, than Nessie. <gasps> what? Apparently, Augie is actually also known as the Canadian uh, Nessie's Canadian cousin. So, apparently, I was going to ask how they were. I mean, they seem similar. Yeah, yeah, uh, like very similar. We'll get there. So there are over 200 sightings by credible people throughout the years, including a priest, a sea captain, several police officers, a surgeon, etc. And a 10-year-old. And a 10-year-old. And uh, many photos and videos have been taken, but none of them are conclusive. But since uh, 1926, and they started keeping records, I think in, I think I said 1875, that was when the first documented sighting was. Mm -hmm. From then until 1926, there were so many reports that the Vancouver Sun actually wrote, too many reputable people have seen the monster to ignore the seriousness of actual facts. Reputable. I know. I know. Sorry, I heard it. I'm I heard sorry. it as I said it. I only do. I'm not being obnoxious. I just know people are going to. If, if you didn't say it, I was going to be like, oh, I'm sorry. I messed up. But thank you for covering. But for me. that is very interesting. Reputable. I feel like maybe that's like a different ver the metric version. What's wrong? I smell puppy dog. I feel like I smell like the witch from Hocus Pocus. I'm like, I smell children. I know, children. you're making me anxious. Or like that, that Roald Dahl book, The Witches. Oh, no, it smells like a good puppy smell. I just got excited okay, about it. Okay, I was worried. I was like, if something happened in here, we can't, we're trapped for the next hour. So <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I, I, I thought something was, thought something was coming. Maybe you're uh, sensing the future. Oh, maybe if I think hard enough about puppies, they'll come back. Okay, fun fact. So that, that, uh, that quote from the Vancouver Sun was in 1926. Also in 1926 was when Augie made uh, its media debut seven years before Nessie. So, really? Yeah. So that was the first time that there was like a real popular interest amongst the people. Okay. So there were regular reports of it, but now he was getting really popular and people were almost looking. He got a publicist. That's exactly what got happened. Got it. Okay. Someone uh, got a PR rep over there. Amazing. Uh, maybe in Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, seriously, at this point. So, uh... The difference between Augie versus Nessie. First of all, Augie apparently gained tourist interest like seven years before. Ugh. Um, but also what's similar about them is that even though they're in different areas, they do um, they are found at almost the same latitude. Um, and really? Both of their waters are very long, very narrow, have really great depths, similar temperatures and almost identical fish. <gasps> That's interesting. And the same latitude line. Yeah. That is wild. So who knows? If they are somehow weirdly related in different waters, but it's just a fun, interesting fact. Uh, wow. So the original name for uh, this sea serpent was probably, like I said, Nahakatik, like up until the 1920s. That was probably how, what people were referring it to, uh, referring to it as. And then it ended up being renamed to Augie in the 1920s. Before that, they were just saying sea serpent or the native name. Snake in the lake. Snake in the lake. Do you know how they, um, you're probably going to get there, how they came up with the yeah. name? Okay. So in the 1920s, there are two different people who it could have come from, either Ronald Kenvin or what sounds like a TV character to me, Bill Brimblecombe. <laughs> it does. Uh, and, like a 50s sitcom. Yeah. And so Ronald or Bill, <laughs> um, it might have been both. It might have, I'm not really sure of the timeline here, but in the 20s, both of them happened to be uh, mockingly, I'd like, redoing the lyrics of a song that was popular at the time like parodying it yeah so there was a song they're uh, like the weird owl of their exactly their time 
and apparently they were in a music hall and they were like singing the song but with different words sure and the song was called the agapogo the funny foxtrot what so apparently that's what the agapogo okay. is <laughs> but so they were redoing the lyrics and the lyrics that they created were i'm looking for the agapogo his mother was a mutton his father was a whale i'm going to put a little salt on his tail there's another version okay. where they could that they could have uh, been rewriting that went, uh, his mother was an earwig, his father was a whale, a little bit of head and hardly any tail, and Ogopogo was his name. Aww. Uh, so apparently that song, the funny foxtrot or the Ogopogo, that song was super popular at the time, and this was right when all of the sightings were happening pretty consistently. Oh. So it kind of gave the creature its name in that way and everyone forgot its original name people just stopped using it (laughs) so at the same time another reason that this could have taken off is because in the same decade was when the pogo stick came out no and i think the pogo stick came out in 1921 so they were all the rage (gasps) that's hysterical and so because pogo was in the name people probably paid more attention to it that's like a random theory someone has i like that theory though the timing is fun in my mind the pogo stick was never not around i I mean that's true kind of like a like a wheel and a stick a hoop and a stick stick. yeah 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 i just imagine that and the pogo stick were always together Always. Always. Somebody's bouncing. Somebody... They come in as like a as a deluxe set sometimes. <laughs> Hasbro. What was it? Mattel. Mattel. So uh Barbie with a hoop and a stick. Like colonial Aww, Barbie. Colonial Barbie. So in nineteen fourteen, this was ten years before it got renamed, but in nineteen fourteen there was a carcass found near Rattlesnake Island. Oh. And it was four hundred pounds. It had blue gray skin. It had flippers and a tail. And so a lot of people thought, okay, maybe this carcass is a manatee, but there's no such thing as manatees in this lake. Right, right. Um, and so, and at the same time, only a couple years later, there were huge bones found in the lake that experts actually claim were from whales. And then later in that same time period, they found a 20-foot hammerhead shark that was found in this what? lake. So there's no... What's happening? Why would there be a shark, a manatee, or a whale in a lake? And why would their carcasses be showing up? That is bizarre, dude. And so for a long time, they thought that it must be the Nahahatik. <gasps> sorry. I'm not even telling a scary story. No, it week. really scared me for some reason. I'm sorry. They, they, uh, they thought it must be this massive creature that the natives were afraid of. And that's why they think that legend inspired the Agapogo or where, where they combined the stories. You know what I mean? Right. No. Wait, say again. They thought that since it was all these massive monsters that made no sense right. to be in the water, they were like, maybe this is the Nahaatek that all the... Like um, the bones are? Like the bones are, the carcasses. Oh, like okay. It doesn't make sense that this would be a manatee, so maybe it's this random the creature that, creature that the natives oh, okay. have been talking I about. It, I do love also, however, when people say, um, <laughs> well, it's impossible for a shark to be in this lake, so it is definitely... Um, this mythical a random lore yeah <laughs> like or what did you say earlier you're like oh uh manatees don't exist in this lake but this like giant serpent oh right exactly m- must exist but this 40 it's foot kind of funny horse head snake does i mean listen it's logical to me i just think it's kind of I, a funny well one of the excuses people had was like it must be this native sure. folklore because i can't like how wrap my head around it it? a hammerhead shark i mean that's really biz- bizarre a hammerhead shark so in that's, that in that's why lake. a lot of people assume that maybe the Nahatik inspired the stories of it, this being Augie or maybe Augie's related to the native legends or... Okay, I it, see. It's just one of the many theories of what this could be. Yeah, interesting. 
So rumors then began, if they were like, well, if this isn't a creature from native folklore, that, by the way, might have been just like a spiritual thing. It might not have ever actually been a physical animal that they prayed to. It might have been just a spirit that they were talking to. Right, right, right. Like, what could this possibly mean? Or how did these carcasses get here if they were legitimately sharks and whales? Um, Rumors then began that underground passages were between this lake and the ocean, (gasps) allowing creatures into the lake. Now, that is also fascinating. Which has not been confirmed or denied, to my knowledge. But that is a theory. It's probably been denied, but... Probably been denied, (laughs) I would assume. But I love the idea. I wish... I hope... (sighs) I love a good seagull passageway, even if they're underwater. Especially if they're underwater. So, in theory, none of this is actually a mythical creature. It's just an animal that got somehow, somehow sucked into the tunnel. that's actually, like, really cool, too. Like, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's terrifying, it's too. terrifying. And also, I want to get on a submarine and find out. <laughs> okay. I don't totally wanna, noted. I actually don't want to get on a submarine. I just want to find out. So, somebody do that first part. Well... And then tell me. Well, now, as of 1926, it's being considered... It's named Augie after that whole song and maybe mm-hmm. the pogo stick. <laughs> And so... What a nice namesake to have, though. Like, I would love to be named after, classic. like, a yo-yo or something. What about a hoop and a stick? Oh, yeah, I like that. Call you Hoopo. Hoopo. I don't know. No, not that. Hoop, hoopy and, and sticko. That sounds like a terrible children's cartoon. Hoopo and sticky. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll shop it. We'll shop it. Um, so in... However, Pogo the Clown was john wayne gacy oh right so. we got to get away from the pogos uh, yeah maybe pogos not a great namesake now come to think of it maybe we should be let's, maybe we should switch to like board games or something i like it let's stick with hoop and stick for now okay stick with it yeah hoop with it <laughs> so God, this is bad i'm sorry we're not i'm not caffeinated. everyone's slowly turning down their volume in 1926 after the creature has now officially been deemed the name augie there was one uh reported witness where there were actually 30 cars of people who all saw this and they say that they saw a huge serpent-like with humps on its back move through the waters so fast that a large wake was behind the creature. Um, this is considered one of the most credible monster sightings ever documented because it was 30-plus people all wow. saying that this really happened. Um, there was another sighting in 1947 where there were many boaters that all saw the monster at the same time. And one witness said, quote, it had a 30-foot body, about five humps, and apparently each of the humps were separated from each other by about a two foot space so there was like a hump and then two feet and then a hump and then two feet so it was like a massive creature yeah um and there appeared to be a forked tail from time to time the whole thing submerged and came up again and that was many boaters all agreed to that witness statement yeah in 1959 two couples saw something large with a snake-like head and a blunt nose swimming about 200 feet behind their boat and then submerge itself. Well, that would be terrifying. Yeah, like it like goes underwater and, and you're like, like ah! could hit your boat mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. In the 60s, uh, in 1968, actually, this is the best film evidence so far of Augie. Um, there is a footage shot by a guy named Arthur Folden. And apparently he just swore. He's like, this is the monster. And so Nat Geo actually did, or National Geographic did a an investigation on their show, Is It Real? in oh. 2005. And they revealed that what he filmed actually was a real animal, but the size was definitely overestimated. It was not as big as he thought. And they did an analysis somehow about, I don't know how they did it, but they were looking at the footage and were able to figure out that it was a solid three-dimensional object that he saw. But it was probably, if it were an animal, it was most likely a waterfowl or a beaver. A beaver. Interesting. And so after that, a lot of people now think if you see this creature, you might have actually just seen like the weird silhouette of a beaver. (laughs) 
Can you imagine how what a bummer that is? Like I know. No, I swear. And it's like it was literally just a beaver. It's like, probably a beaver, man. They're pretty small. So in 1978, there's a guy named Bill who saw something when he was driving over the lake's floating bridge. Bill Bramble Patch or whatever. No, <laughs> this is Bill Stickyuk. Stick hook? Stick what? Stick yuck? He stole our name. <laughs> I don't know. He spells it in a wild way. Oh, well, that. Okay. <laughs> um, he says he saw something when he was driving over the, the bridge. He said there's three humps in the water and a head moving towards Kelowna, which is, I think, a, a town near the area. Um, before that, I was not a believer. Now I am. And since then, since 1978, um, the second he was able to figure out how the internet works, he has been running a website about Augie and organized, he's been organizing searches to find Augie out in the lake. What's the website? I don't know. Oh my God. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, in 1989, there was a guy named Ken Chaplin who took a video of a 15 foot long, dark green snake-like creature. And in the exact same spot in the exact same year, a guy named Ernie and his wife saw an animal emerge from the water and they said it was about 15 feet long and swam really gracefully and fast at one point several feet of the creature's neck and body came out of the water i've seen a lot of animals swimming in the wild and what we saw that night was definitely not a beaver mm. so they're like already they're like before you say this is a fucking beaver we know what I, you're gonna it's say it's not and then the the last uh one of some of the most notably recent sightings was in 2011 a guy named richard shot video of the creature saying that the size and the fact that it was not going with the waves made me think it had to be something else and then when he actually did an analysis of the the footage he got it suggested that he actually instead of seeing one large object one large object saw two shorter objects floating next to each other with no humps or head and it's assumed it was probably floating logs and um a lot of people in hindsight think that most of the sightings have been floating logs because they can be really fucking long they can float they can kind of bob up and down sure they have like odd shapes maybe they're a dark brown or blue color based on how long they've been in the water um and then in 2013 interesting enough that's or 2018 sorry last year um that september there were like three sightings back to back one of them was a guy named david and his brother keith they say that they saw what looked like a 50-foot giant snake moving through the water. And then there were two more sightings that happened right after wow. that. So um, real quick, I'm just going to go through the theories of what people think this might be. So some people think this could literally be a giant sea serpent or a uh, water snake. Um, which apparently they there were massive giant water snakes back in like the 1500s. Oh. Um, there are some reputable people... Uh, that have even written like large chapters in their scientific books saying that they're scientific <laughs> in books. their scientific books well saying that snakes at the time would get up to like even 300 feet long like just what? massive fucking snakes and they were like credible scientists at the time and they were saying that these snakes existed so one of them was in 1558 there was conrad von gesner and he had a book called the historia animalium and fo- he had a whole chapter on it that focused on giant snakes um so that's just one theory that if there ever were giant snakes, this like could just one could be survive. In, like a descendant of that. Um, Ew, I don't like the idea that that exists. Like they were talking about snakes that could literally wrap around ships and crush ships with with crew members on them. But this is like real documented. Uh, like they at least talked about it. Who know? I I would like to say it's not real. I think purely because I don't want to believe it. I don't want to believe it either. It sounds a little too 
unrealistic to me. Like folklore Then again, I wasn't around in the 1500s, if you can't tell. Oh, really? It was a great time. It was a blast. Yeah. Um, so there's another guy who lives in town at the Kelowna. He's part of the Colonia Courier staff, and his name is Frank Lilquist. And he has said that it could possibly, this creature could possibly be related to the Pleosaurus. Oh. But the last time it was seen was during the Upper Cretaceous period. Right. And it was not seen by. Right. And also. Um, unless you're a creationist. Last time it was seen was by something other than human beings. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to break it to you. <laughs> they think it could also be a, a Giganthropus, which is what? a parent. A Giganthropus. Which was, uh, at the time, a 60-foot-long constrictor-type snake no. from 50 million years ago. Oh, okay, good. So I'm going to say it's probably not that. I just can't fathom that these things... It's I can't imagine 50 wild. million years ago was a thing. Well, okay, valid. You literally just said 200 years ago. You can't fathom it's a thing. My so brain's breaking. 50 million is just beyond comprehension. So there's a cryptozoologist named Roy Mackle who says that it was. Pr- it's probably actually a primitive form of a whale named the bacillosaurus cetoides oh my gosh so there's a lot of like potential dinosaur theories here i kind of love that though that's kind of a new twist on cryptids yeah i'm down with it being a dinosaur i'm also down with it being like a time traveling snake from the 1500s with a horse head i'm down with that as long as i'm not near it at any point in my life fair i'd rather not be a part of its life uh lifetime but that is pretty cool and a lot of people have said that realistically it probably is like an optical illusion or it is floating logs and a lot of people think it's also floating logs because this lake is used to harvest a lot of the logs in the timber industry in that area <laughs> okay, well, that's so they're true. like if there's that many fucking logs we're like this place is exactly where the timber industry goes looking that's, for logs okay that makes sense like it, they must be really long. They're like probably just floating through the water all the time. Um, a lot of people also think that the ripples in the water, because people say that they see it like submerge and then pop back up later. Ripples in the video footage that people have gotten of something swimming in the water are likely caused by a natural process known as lake overturn. Or no, sorry, I did that wrong. Lake turnover. Um, and turnover happens when layers on the lake have different temperatures and depths. Oh. And so they'll pass each other. So, cool. Um, and then it'll form wakes or ripples in the water. Like a, like a tornado season when the air shifts yeah. and, and creates, you know, vortex. You know. <laughs> but yeah, it's like basically if, if one layer of the water is colder or warmer, then it'll yeah. sink or rise. And then there's ripples on the surface of the water. So it looks like something just swam by. Ooh. that's interesting um some people also suggest that it really could be a manatee or a shark that got into the lake that poor manatee though if that's really manatee he's just stuck in there never got noticed or it could be a creature that uh we have yet to discover apparently we are actually still discovering a lot of creatures every single year so it could just be one of those situations it's just so gigantic i feel like the ones we're discovering are like microscopic I know, but this one's like massive. Like, how have you missed it this whole time? And then, and, uh, and then that's, that's it for the theories. But I did want to say, I've never heard of Augie before, but apparently, uh, it's been featured in some pop culture. So in 18, in 1989 was, uh, given protection under the Canadian Wildlife Act. Fun fact. That's actually very precious. And then, uh, this is a couple years earlier, but in 1972, there was actually a Supreme Court of Canada case involving a boat called the Agapogo. And the case itself was known as the Agapogo case. Oh. Fun fact. Misleading, because you run a, want it to be about the monster. But, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, Augie has appeared in both Nancy Drew and Final Fantasy series. 
And there's apparently a Yu-Gi-Oh card about what? Augie in a certain deck or a certain set. There's a Yu-Gi-Oh Interesting. card. And he's been mentioned in an episode of X-Files. Oh. There have been many songs and albums titled after him. And the British Columbia hockey team, the Kelowna Rockets, has Augie in their logo. Cute. And this was, uh, I have some others real quick, that there was a statue of Augie. There is a statue of Augie in downtown Kelowna. If you were nearby, go and snap a pic. And in, <laughs> my favorite fun fact is that Agopogo is actually the name of a color for competition grade yo-yos. What? So you can get an Agopogo colored yo-yo, apparently. You can and we will. Also, in 2005, this is my final fun fact, but there is a film that was made in New Zealand called Me, She, the Water Giant, which was inspired by Augie. Um, the I think creature I've heard of that movie. Well, the uh, the creature Mishi was originally supposed to be called Agopogo, but then there was protests that they were using a name of native folklore, so they changed it last minute to Mishi. But the creature was already made for the movie, and it was made by Jim Henson's Creature Shop, and so there's like a actual Muppet of Augie, I think, in the movie, and it was also depicted after actor Walter Matthau. Yeah. So it like though like it's like supposed to, it was like inspired by, so the Muppet kind of looks like, like the actor. Oh, that's kind of rude. So they're like you look <laughs> like a like snake in the lake. Like you look like a horse head snake, but also a little like Walter. So what the hell? Anyway, that was just the weirdest fun, fun fact ever. I can't I trouble. My favorite's the yo-yo one. I think that's fun. I, I mean, you'd think he would be the color for a pogo stick. Not a yo-yo. Yeah, but you know, if you think about yo-yo, also snake in the lake sounds like a yo-yo trick that I'm going to invent. Oh, okay. Like, walk the dog, snake Only if in the you lake. invent it on your Agapogo-colored oh, yo-yo. Yeah. Obvious. Obviously. Obviously. Ob- exactly. Okay. So that's the story of the Agapogo, Ogapogo, <laughs> Augie. Augie. <laughs> snake in a lake. Snake in a lake. I really like that guy. He's fun. Also, he's Canadian, fun. so, you know, you gotta yeah, give him some extra credit. Give him some extra credit. Don't love that they just, like, murder a bunch of animals about it, but... Whatever. We ignore that. We skimmed past it. Get it, Skim? Leak? What? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie. Literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. 
Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Okay, so I am going to actually do a story that... So you and I, when we were on tour last year, went to Maryland... But we, it was kind of a last minute like college show, which we had never done before and which right. apparently they'd never done before. And so <laughs> we went to UMD and did like a campus show, which yes. was which was really fun. Um, and so there's a story that I like wanted to cover that I covered there, but that I feel like I need to bring back to. And we also didn't record that show. So we didn't. Those yeah. stories. So it's a goner. Would uh, fall on deaf ears, I suppose. Yes. So uh, I'm going to cover the story of Erica and Benjamin Sifrit. Also, it was long enough ago that I'm hoping you don't remember it. If you were there. No, you. Oh, oh me. I certainly don't remember it. Don't oh. worry. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if anyone else will remember it, but it was a small show, too. So. Okay. So this takes place in Ocean City, Maryland. Um, and I watched an FF about it a fun fact <laughs> forensic file <laughs> yes um and so i think it's either pronounced sifrit or sifrit uh the sifrit uh s-i-f-r-i-t so i think it's sifrit okay i don't know any better i'm okay. just trying to be, well we, i'm just trying to get involved we like to guess every possibility because one of them might be right like we increase our chances i just like to pretend like i'm in the no but i'm not you are you are you're in my no whoa that sounds weird okay oh yeah never mind never mind We'll talk okay. about it later. Okay. So this story starts with a couple from Virginia. Oh, well, yippee. Josh Ford and Jeannie Crutchley. Uh, Josh was a successful mortgage broker and Jeannie was an accountant for an insurance company. Fun. So unlike us, they're very good with numbers. And probably other things, too, though. We're not going to. Maybe at. the metric system. Who's to say? Probably. Also, since said, the entire world is. Right. I said multiply by three. I think I meant divide by three because there are three feet. Doesn't matter. Um, It doesn't. The two had both been married and divorced before, and when they met at a party, they clicked instantly. They had similar personalities, wanted the same things out of life, um, and they were very, like, uh, adventurous people. Like, they were fun-loving. Like, they always were up for spontaneity and that kind of thing. Um, And there was an age difference, so Josh was 32 and Jeannie was 51, and obviously, societally, it was more of a... It's brought up because she was older than him. Mm. Typically, I think yep. if the man's 15 or 20 years older, it's not as yeah, it's like strange. High five unquote. the dude. But if it's yeah. a woman, everyone People apparently are like, feels What's weird. Wrong? Right. Exactly. So they definitely brought it up. But, um, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. It's not. So they dated for two years before moving in together into a house in Fairfax, Virginia. Hey, um, and it's 2002 by this point and Memorial Day weekend was coming up. So they decided to take a trip together. So they book a condo in Ocean City, Maryland. Okay. Now I talked about this at the show, but my, um, stepmom has a house in St. Michael's, Maryland. And, um, one time we ran into Matt Damon and Ben Affleck at dinner. No way. Are you sure it was Matt Damon <laughs> yes, and Ben Affleck? They, they, one of them has a house there too. I asked because Christine's convinced. I know. I know. I see Jude Law everywhere. <laughs> Christine literally thinks that she has seen Jude Law at least 20 times in her life. I saw him in Shanghai. No, you didn't. You did not. A literal Shanghai? Yes. You did not see Jude Law there. But he was there. Okay. doesn't matter. Christine, <laughs> I don't believe any time you've ever seen a celebrity ever. It's like, you saw Matt Damon or did you see 
uh, someone else. Did you someone see with a male brown man? hair? <laughs> right. She'll send people pictures and be like, "Okay, am I going crazy or is this Jude Law?" And she'll take a picture of like a guy at a restaurant. And be like, I'm, "I'm pretty sure I just ran into Jude Law." And we're like, "You haven't. This is not Jude Law for the millionth fucking time." I'm the girl who cried Jude Law because one day I'm gonna meet Jude Law, and you guys will be like, "Bullshit!" I literally, and I won't even care at that point. I'll be like, "Fucking finally, finally. so you can shut up." <laughs> I swear, every time we're on a plane, every time we're I don't at a know store, why. Like, every I don't, time we're in a restaurant. It's so strange. Like, I don't have a personal affinity for him. I just think I see him everywhere. And you're just like, oh my god, that's Jula. And it's like, no, that's not, dude. <sighs> well, my brother hates it, but I think I see it. Well, okay, it's fine. You know what? Fine. But, however, I was too little to even know who the fuck Matt Damon was, embarrassingly. Okay, my trust- brother freaked out. And so, my stepmother went, of course, and talked to him, and we were too embarrassed to go over there. But, um... She said hi to Ben Affleck and asked, like, oh, so what part of town do you live in? Anyway, so it was, like, some fancy-ass restaurant, but I was too little to care about it very much until now. And I'm like, what the hell? I could have I I made friends. You've, yeah, that's exactly when you lost the opportunity. <laughs> oh, it was my big break <laughs> when yeah. I was eight. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it was. Yeah, but ask my brother. It's true. Um, they were there. So, anyway, it doesn't matter. But that's where I ran into him. That's my little miniature um my actual sighting that can be verified by others i was gonna say the only reason i believe it is because <laughs> it was verified by others i literally do have pictures of that man in shanghai and then i sent it to everybody I, was it an asian person no i'm pretty sure you were like that's jude law no it was, was like... not a chinese man it was a white guy and i was like that looks like jude law and then i sent a pic i zoomed in and took a bunch of snapchats of him and then i sent it to all my, all these people and then my brother's like i literally just went to his instagram and he is in Cabo so shut up <laughs> and he kind of shut me down on that one I guarantee it was someone who literally lives in Shanghai and you were like that's absolutely <laughs> Mr. Law Mr. Law it's you it's JL I've been waiting for you Mr. Law you know what fine go for it someday anyway. I'll reclaim my glory <laughs> that never existed when, would you, when did you originally claim it <laughs> uh, oh man anyway matt damon great so i just thought that was a fun little fact on an ff um before things get really dark i just wanted to throw out a little yeah we're trying to keep it lighthearted. yeah um okay so <laughs> as long as we can did you really see matt damon or did you just see a man okay. i think you don't i don't even know if a man was there you probably saw a broom <laughs> <laughs> mr law <laughs> <laughs> stop it okay you're right you're right i mean you're not wrong is what i'm gonna say to that that i know okay so anyway um, memorial day is coming up they decided to book a condo in ocean city maryland which isn't even near where i saw so i just forced that story in sorry but ocean city <laughs> is i have some t-shirts from there i don't know why but i do um so she's an accountant so uh she and her husband take a trip every may after tax season which i have a friend who's an accountant too and tax season is like obviously crazy for her and so then after tax season they always take like a big vacation so um i kind of get that i don't blame you uh so they go on this weekend getaway but by the time work starts up again on tuesday neither josh nor Jeannie show up for work mm. and yeah this was extremely unlike them so their coworkers were like uh-oh something is wrong uh knowing where they'd been vacationing their coworkers contacted ocean city police who went to check in at the condo they had been renting for the weekend and there they found Jeannie's car in the parking lot but it was obvious it had been there for a while because uh, sand had blown onto it and it like clearly hadn't been in use mm. for a number of days. So nothing was out of place in the condo itself, but Jeannie's car keys were on the counter. 
Their computer and camera were still there on the table, and their clothes were still hanging in the closet. Uh, neighbors hadn't heard anything unusual all weekend, which was very puzzling. Um, and the next step was to run a background check and see if their activity revealed any clues. So they ran checks on their credit card, and it turns out they had used their cards to buy drinks Saturday night at a nearby sports bar called the Green Turtle. Oh, love the Green Turtle. Do you? Yeah. How do you know? Oh, you've been there? I think it's a, I think it's a chain out there. Oh, you said that at the show, too, I remember. Oh, cool. Because people were, like, Now excited. you know I'm telling the truth. People were like... Yeah, the green turtle. I don't know. Whatever. It's a good place. Um, it spells green with an E at the end. Very, yes. very interesting twist. What a fun twist. It's such a fun twist. So investigators were able to, and apparently that's like a very fratty, bro-y, like, shit show of a bar. And so they yes. they were there. Can confirm. And, uh, <laughs> okay, you drunk. <laughs> um, so investigators were able to track down Josh and Jeannie's server from that night who remembered them but said they were sitting alone. Um, so they, the server had no idea. The background check revealed that next, Josh and Jeannie had taken a bus to a Mm. nearby nightclub called Secrets Bar and Girl. Secrets, S-E-A. I see. Secrets. I see. I see. I see. Wow. We've had enough marine puns for the day, I think. I know. Who am I? Agapogo? (laughs) We can't stop ourselves. (laughs) Um, So they went to Secrets, which is just the best thing that's ever happened to me, that that exists. Um, the bus driver identified the two from a photo lineup. He said he remembered them being on the bus, um, and they were, had been drinking, obviously. But this time, they were not alone. According to the driver, Josh and Jeannie had been talking to two other people, a Caucasian couple in their late 20s or early 30s. And when Josh and Jeannie got off, the couple went with them. Okay. Witnesses saw the two couples waiting in line for over an hour at Secrets uh, before getting drinks together inside. They also saw them leave together. And after that, Josh and Jeannie vanished oh off the face of the earth no more credit card activity no more phone use nothing just completely vanished but it didn't take long before the case took a bizarro turn so less than a week after josh and Jeannie went missing uh they're kind of like at the standstill police were called to a local hooters restaurant okay a silent alarm had gone off in the middle of the night indicating there was a robbery in progress as officers arrives, uh, arrives on the scene, they see a Jeep backed up to the door and two people walking out of the Hooters carrying armloads of Hooters merchandise. Like they're robbing. What a weird. Yes. Rec- what a, it's like you get one turn to steal something. Like what a target to have. And like, you want a bunch of shirts with owls Like on muscle them. tees. Yeah. I mean. And like shorts that aren't shorts. And like probably dusty because probably not many people buy those. They're probably like still there from the 90s. Right, right, right. That's probably why they're so small. They just shrank over time. Yeah. They just kind of shriveled up in the sun. Right. Um, so just bizarre. And they were like, okay, they're literally here to steal tank tops and sunglasses. I don't know. It was just strange. So um, there's a Forensic Files uh, episode about this, like I said, and they featured this photo and it had dozens of hooters hats t-shirts backpacks they even stole the marlboro cigarette display what? which like what can you do with that it's just like a a promotional thing that it's restaurants have specific robbery it is it's and it's very strange so they arrested the two people it was a man and a woman the guy was so wasted that he asked the police if he could just put the shirts back inside the hooters and go home he's like okay you caught me let me just put this tank <laughs> i'll top just back. reverse everything i've done <laughs> i'll just reverse my jeep into the front door and, <laughs> and put every dump everything by out. reverse i mean drive forward <laughs> right 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 and also like you can't drive home you're fucking wasted so right. you're literally asking a cop if you can drive home um so they were like huh no actually surprise surprise you cannot do that um turns out the man and woman were a married couple named benjamin and erica seafrit 
They were both 25 years old. Erica actually came from an upper middle class family and had been a star basketball player in college. Benjamin, or BJ, was a former Navy SEAL who had finished first in his class. Hmm. And they owned a scrapbooking shop at a mall in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Okay. It's such weird, fa- fun facts. I don't know. Um, incidentally, Erica had a Hooters obsession, which is Did why she now? they got drunk and robbed the Hooters. Kel surprise. I <laughs> wish that you and I, if I were someone who got drunk, you could just like list a place you fucking love. And I'd be like, let's go fucking rob it. Like if you were like, I love Spencer gifts. And I'd be like, well, you know what? We're going to get all the fucking poop shaped mugs. We can. <laughs> mugs. And like ill fitting socks. Yeah. That'd right. be really fun. Robbery. Everything is going to be black light. Just you fucking wait. <laughs> Yes. We would have to drive into a mall with our Jeep. So if we could figure it out. We to... just reverse, put it in reverse. Yeah, with those doors open automatically, right? Like yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. get in there. We'll figure it out. Um exactly. Like that's how ridiculous this was. So that was how they explained it. Erica just loves hooters. Okay. If you're gonna rob anything, like you've gotta be drunk to not pick a bank. Like like some I mean, someplace yeah. with just lots of money. Someplace with like at least when you're going to Hooters, rob the cash register, not the fucking right. souvenir like, at least shop. Take some dollar bills. Like maybe put on a shirt as you leave as a souvenir, literally, but like, you know, there's much more valuable shit in there, I like to think. <laughs> Steal their chicken recipe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to this. Uh, neither of them had a criminal history, somehow. I mean, obviously they're not good at it, so I guess no. it's not that surprising. But police were surprised to find that they had three handguns on them. What? In case, like, someone didn't (laughs) want to give them chicken wings? I'm confused. I don't know. I mean, they literally own a scrapbooking shop. Like, they're not, and had no criminal record, like, graduated first in their class, like, no background in drugs or anything. Just so weird. So um, they had three handguns on them. Erica began to have a panic attack and asked police to get her anti-anxiety medication from her purse. Inside, they found the Virginia driver's licenses of Joshua Ford and Jeannie Crutchley. Ooh, that'll do it. So police... She was definitely drunk, like, just directing them to evidence. Can you get something out of my handbag? Ignore all the bloody, the bloody towels and the gun. Oh, I mean, seriously, she literally had their... And she gave them permission. They didn't have to get a warrant. She literally said, can you open my purse and get my stuff out? So, of course, they can open it and look through she it. She must be belligerent. She must be dumb Whatever kind of drinks they're serving at Secrets, that's... I know. Those are some I strong gotta get drinks. in on that. Or maybe not. It seems like things One per don't, person. Things don't end well here. So, they're like, holy fuck, we just thought this was this random drunk-ass Hooters robbery, but, like, now they literally have two murder victims' IDs in their handbag and three guns. So, they're like, this is a lot more than we thought. Of course, when they ask, they say, oh, we just found those on the ground. Right. And have never met those people in our lives. We just found them. So while it's entirely possible they had picked them up on the beach or somewhere else and had planned to steal their identities, like, sure, that's a possibility. But then they looked in the back of the car and found ski masks and flex cuffs, which are like those zip tie handcuffs. So they were like this. Something. I got those at Spencer Gifts. I know. We robbed we robbed a, a mall. <laughs> it next the Spencer Gifts next to our scrapbooking store. They sell those at the Hooters gift shop actually. Oh my god. Yeah, so they found ski masks and flex cuffs and they were like, "Okay, this doesn't seem like an innocent thing anymore." Um they gave police probable cause to search their condo, um obviously with all of the stuff they found in the car, especially the guns. That's where they found two used bullets as well as stacks of photographs of josh and Jeannie at secrets nightclub good night one of the photos sh- like they had been developed like photos a stack so of there's them. been there's been time yes. brewing and there's for been this plot. intentional post activity mm. um so one of the photos showed a ring on josh ford's hand 
They went through the photos, and in that same stack, in a photo taken a couple days later, Erica is wearing that ring on a chain around her neck. Good night. She still had it in her purse, by the way, when they dug through her bag. And as if that wasn't enough, they found a key to the condo that Josh and Jeannie were staying in, in the house. So the bus driver who had spotted the couple was like, yep, oh yeah, those are the other two. He, like, he ID'd them from a lineup. Ugh. Erica and BJ, he was like, yep, th- that's the other couple I met. Um, they were together all night. In the bathroom of the Seaford's condo, police find a partial handprint on the window. And when they pulled the plug out of the sink, they found blood and hair. Mm. There was a bullet hole underneath the sink that matched the bullets that they had found. They took samples from Josh and Jeannie's toothbrushes to get their DNA profiles. When they tested the blood on the used bullet, it matched Josh's DNA. So the bullet had shot Josh. Yikes. Meaning he had been shot with it, and then BJ and Erica had either pulled it or dug it out of his body and kept it in their house. Well, to avoid evidence, right? No, they kept it, like, on their kitchen counter with the photos and the ring. Like, they were literally keeping this shit. Yikes. Like, if you shoot someone, you keep, you just... Yeah. You know? I guess my first thought was, like, oh, to keep them from being able to match the bullet to a gun or something. But that makes sense, too, just to have it as, like, a yeah. trophy. Okay. I mean, it, Awful. None, yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense in a logical way, but it makes sense in, like, a sicko's, sick person's way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it was just they dug it out and kept it, like, fucking morbid as hell. Um, so, obviously, there was no way they were going to get out of this. So, when Erica was told that investigators had matched the bullets to her gun... She made a deal with prosecutors. She would lead them to Josh and Jeannie's bodies and testify against BJ mm. in exchange for a reduced charge. As part of the deal, she would also have to take a polygraph test. She told investigators she had nothing to do with the murder. She only helped BJ dispose of the bodies after he had murdered them. She said they dismembered their bodies and hid them in dumpsters 10 miles away in Delaware. Okay, so this is a weird fun fact about Delaware. Apparently, Delaware has a very unique way of disposing trash where they keep track of where it goes and where it's dumped, which is like... So, like, the worst place the literal, to dump a body. The literal worst place. It's like, oh, well, they basically have a GPS tracker yes! of exact remains that I threw away. Right? Like, it's so dumb. I can't believe this. So they clearly did not research no, that. No, not even a quick Google. Nope. So, apparently, Delaware has this. So, they, so they, the police were like fantastic now we can figure out where the hell their bodies thank god they did it 10 miles in the direction of delaware state yeah um so only eight days after josh and jeannie went missing investigators found their bodies uh they had been thrown away josh's palm print matched the one they found on the window in the bathroom so as if he was like trying to right get out uh so investigators are like hot damn we fucking got this in the bag but then erica comes forward with some interesting information she says, actually, I, I'm changing my story. Uh, I was more involved than I initially said I was. She admitted to stabbing Jeannie herself. She then showed investigators a large sna- snake tattoo. Oh, snake. Snake in the lake. Snake in the lake. Sna- Next, she's going to show her a lake tattoo. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And then a horse head tattoo. Oh, it's going to get that. Oh, and then a pogo stick. Oh, my God. And then hooters. Hoop on a... No. Hoot on a stick. Hoot and stick. Okay. She had gotten a tattoo... On her abdomen of a snake, and it was in the same place where she had stabbed Jeannie so she could always remember that night. That's Val. Right? Um, BJ and Erica were charged with first-degree murder, but investigators were still like, what? Like, why? Like, they were like, okay, obviously these people did it, but like, what the fuck possessed them to do this Mm. to these strangers? Um, So they had no history of criminal behavior. They owned a scrapbooking shop, for fuck's sake, and they, like... 
it seemingly was out of the blue. They didn't know these people or anything. But two months before the murders, they had suddenly, apparently, when they talked to family and friends, turned to a life of crime. Erica explained that she and BJ didn't have a great sex life. Um, and because BJ thrived on taking risks, they began committing crimes for him to get off. Okay. Yeah. Um, they started by burglarizing local shops near their scrapbooking store. What a supportive wife, gifts. by the way. Yeah. I mean, seriously, to be like, well, I just want you to be sexually pleased. aroused. Yeah. So let's go rob a, a store. I need a, I'll buy you a poop mug or <laughs> steal you a poop mug. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. So they started by burglarizing local shops, but that apparently got old very fast, which I feel like in these kind of scenarios, when people are turned on by crime, it just by escalates. Yeah. yeah. It like doesn't stop. It just gets worse. Right. So they upped the stakes and turned to violence. Prosecutors say they targeted Josh and Jeannie at the club and then invited them back to their condo for drinks and to hang out in their hot tub. But they didn't want to kill them right away. So they decided to toy with them for a bit. Erica started freaking out, saying her purse was missing. She wanted Josh and Jeannie to help her look for it. But Erica and BJ had created this sick game where they decided that if Josh and Jeannie were able to find the purse, they could live. But if they were unable to find it, they would have to be killed. Oh, my God. When they weren't able to find the purse, they accused them of stealing it and pulled a gun on them. They demanded that Josh and Jeannie remove their clothes to prove they weren't hiding the purse. Doesn't make what? any sense. Take then, your pants off so I can see that my purse my, is not in your leg. My Dooney and Burke leg. bag isn't shoved into your <clears throat> jeans. Yeah. So uh, they demanded they remove their clothes. Then Josh and Jeannie made a run for it. They ran into the bathroom and locked the door behind them. This is like horror movie level. Then tried to escape through the window where his, his handprint was found. Um, but before they could make a total run for it and get out, BJ shot through the bathroom door, hitting Josh. They burst into the bathroom and shot Josh again, this time in the head. They shot at Jeannie but missed, but police believe uh, intentionally just to mess with her. Wow. Then Erica took matters into her own hands and just began stabbing her with a knife. Oh, my God. Later, when Erica brought some rags and detergent to clean up the blood, she said she found BJ in the hot tub. Oh, my God. With Josh and Jeannie's heads. Oh. Yeah. Jo doing what with them like them just, just floating like jay chilling oh my god she said bj had as police suspected removed the slug from josh's body to keep as a trophy over the next 24 hours the couple dismembered the bodies even further and dumped them in various dumpsters throughout delaware they also went to a hardware store to replace the bathroom door that they had literally shot bullets through then they just went on with their life they went out drinking with their friends they even went mini golfing uh, they just lived their normal lives. Erica got her tattoo in honor of the evening and her stabbing. Uh, and she was started wearing Josh's ring as, on a necklace around her neck. Uh, during the trial, Erica and BJ turned on each other pretty quickly. I am like not really surprised by this. They both seem extremely unstable. <laughs> um, they each say, said that the other person was the mastermind behind the whole ordeal. And they were just kind of secondhand involved. Um, during BJ's trial, a woman named Melissa Selling testified that she and a male friend had also met up with the Seaforts in Ocean City three days after the murders and had also been invited up to their penthouse. Mm. Suddenly, Erica announced that her purse and her ring were missing. We know where this is going. Yeah. Uh, keep in mind, this is after they had already killed Josh and Jeannie three days earlier in this exact condo. Uh, Melissa said BJ pulled out a gun, put his face right up to hers, and said how, quote, very, very important it was that she find this purse. Wow. So she desperately started looking, but suddenly BJ 
found the purse tucked behind a cushion uh, where she had already looked. And that's when she realized this whole exercise had been nothing but a bizarre mind game. So she's like, oh, I found it. And they were like, interesting, you found it. And so they fucking let them go. Like, it was a literal game that they were actually playing. Like cat and mouse. Yes. Um, Lead detective Scott Bernal is convinced that Josh and Jeannie had been subjected to the same ritual but weren't submissive enough for BJ and Erica. Because they tried to fight, they tried to run, and so they were murdered. Uh, Bernal said Melissa didn't ask any questions. She knew that if she was going to... She knew that if she did, she was going to get hurt. It didn't go that way with Josh and Jeannie. Fortunately, Melissa was able to escape, but Josh and Jeannie weren't so lucky. Uh, They didn't have any physical evidence against BJ, especially because Erica's gun was actually the one used in the murder. So BJ was convicted of only one count of second-degree murder and sentenced to 38 years in prison. Meanwhile, Erica was convicted of both murders and sentenced to life in prison plus 20 years. How did they... Did they think they'd get away with it? I don't know because they're so bad at it. It's like they just wanted to... They must have just been so in their own weird world. Wow. I don't know. How do you also run a scrapbooking shop while you're just like murdering people on the side? Fair. I guess... They're clearly just doing whatever they want in that exact moment. If they're like, oh, let's go rob a Hooters for no reason. Totally. And it's so sad because that other couple just wanted to like have fun and they met a nice couple and were like, let's hang out. Yeah. And you wouldn't think... I mean, that we people say this all the time, but like you don't think... It's easy to be disarmed by someone if it's not, like, you know, a creepy man who's right. inviting you back. If it's, like, a woman, which is how often children are targeted right? because they're disarmed by that. Or um, somebody who you don't perceive as threatening, like a couple. Right. It's just those ones are some of the most brutal, fucked up ones because there's two people who have, have the same headspace. Yeah. Um, and to get to that point with another person... To, like, be able to trust each other well enough to even yes. disclose that you're thinking about those things. Yikes. And then, And then, like, what are the odds that the other person is, like, me too? Yes. I would get, like to get it. I would like to stab her and then get a tattoo of it. Yeah. Great. I'm going to keep the bullet on the counter. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, it's just beyond me. Um, both Sifrits have filed numerous appeals during their time in prison, all of which have failed, thankfully. BJ, get this, will be eligible for parole in 2021. So. Wow. So after a year next. from. Yeah. Year. Almost wow. a year. Yeah. Erica will be eligible for parole three years later in 2024. So Mm. didn't last very long. Uh, Well, we'll see. I mean, hopefully they stay there, but who knows? In March 2010, BJ filed for divorce from Erica and their divorce was granted. And that is the story of Erica and Benjamin Sifrit. Yikes. Fucked up, dude. Right? Yeah. Yowza. Yowza. Anyway, that's an FF for you today. That's an FF. A fucked up fact. Fuck, fuck, fucked fact. Yikes. No, that's no, getting into the that. wrong territory. I hate that. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. It's probably mid-December now, but who knows? I hope you're enjoying your almost holidays. I hope you're keeping warm and cozy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all I've... I hope you bought tickets to see us. I hope you bought tickets to see us, too, but uh, hopefully you're having fun until then, because I think we still have like another month and a week before we're on tour when this comes out yeah yeah it's coming up <laughs> we're nervous it has, it's, that's not even the real timeline for us right now as we're filming this and that's still terrible honestly like we're I've, we're just very nervous and when this comes out we're nervous now but like when this comes out i think we're we'll even be more nervous elevated nervous yes um so thank you everybody for listening and supporting us through everything and um for letting the whale noises sometimes seep in die out maybe it's just agapogo saying hello See, that's what I'll say now. Full circle. I'll say see episode, whatever this one is, 149. 149. Oh, all right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. And.
And that's why we drink. Yay.